Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. We have the confidence queen, Achenga Gutu, on the show today, teaching us all how to build self-confidence, something we all need. Did you actually know that the world will see you how you see yourself? That's right. You need to build that self-worth. You need to know your value, reclaim your power. And she really shares the secrets and the key to doing so in today's episode. So get your notebooks ready and enjoy. And also please share this episode with a friend or anyone you think could benefit. We know that it's going to help so many people and we want to share the message. So please do so. And if you haven't yet, leave that five-star review and rating. It really helps us and it means the world. All right. We love you, Heal Squad. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we try to do here every single day. At least that's our goal. Our quote of the day, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. That is Eleanor Roosevelt. I think what she's basically saying is we have to be superheroes and like like Wonder Woman that exactly. shit when it's coming our way. Stop it. Stop it. You cannot make me feel inferior unless I allow you to. Uh, Heel Squad, hello, hello. Welcome back. Today we're going to be chatting with confidence queen herself, Achiang Agutu. She's going to help us all step into our power and our energy and live unapologetically ourselves. Uh, confidence is a an interesting thing because... I know that um, we can all either have it or not. Sometimes you have it, sometimes you don't. In some areas you have it, in some areas you don't. Um, I know growing up, um, I think I had some level of confidence, but then not otherwise, because mm-hmm. it was hard. You're growing up, you don't speak English. So I was always outcasted, which doesn't help. Um, but when Kevin met me, it was funny. His observation of me, he's like, you are Teflon. Nothing hits you. And I'm like, really? So he, you know, it's, it's funny, um, to see what other people kind of observe of you too. And then whether it's congruent with your inner feelings is, um, is, is interesting. Like for example, I had a boss who was like, 
he told Kevin once, he goes, I don't even understand. Her ass is huge and she doesn't even care. Literally. You're like, oh, <laughs> thanks. What? That, that was like, that? that was years ago before. Like that was definitely something that, you know, couldn't be said. Well, then, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it couldn't be said then, but we had a good relationship where it didn't, that wasn't something that was going to bother me. But that was like pre the moment when big butts became a thing. <laughs> Until then, all I had was Sir Mix-a-Lot singing I like big butts. He loved you. And um and so but it's funny I very early on knew that I was always going to have a little a little cushion. Like even when I competed in pageants I was like I'm never going to be the girl that's going to be so fit and perfect cuz I didn't care to be that that. And so I was like I'm not going to give up eating my Snickers bars so that I can look perfect for this pageant. They're going to love me for me. And they did to a degree, <laughs> right? Didn't get me to win the big pageants in the end, but you know, and I never wanted to go down the path of like full on modeling. Cause I was like, Oh, they're not going to let me eat. So mm -hmm. I need to go down other paths. So I found other paths where I could fulfill my need for being in the spotlight, let's say, or whatever it was being in this industry and not have to do that. And so it's funny, like even just doing the movie recently, I said to Kevin, I'm like, oh gosh, kind of get, got to get in shape. What if there's a scene I have to do where, you know, you, you got to like show a little bit more leg or something. I haven't, I haven't worked out. Like things are a little loose. I know anybody out there would be listening and saying what, but we all know our bodies, right? Shit's loose guys. It just is. <laughs> and, but I've also was so grateful that I've never had to worry because that was never what it was about. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's, it's, it's funny, but we had someone on this show and she wrote a confidence book. And that's when I realized, oh, I don't have confidence like I thought I did. And or maybe they just chipped away enough at me over the years where it finally kind of, you know, the enamel on my teeth just yeah, started to go away. too yeah. much acid, too much lemon juice. So I have to ask you, Queens, how do you feel in the confidence department? It's funny. I, cause something like sticks in my head. I had a professor one time tell me, he was like, God, Kelsey, you come off so confident, but I know like internally you're not like, and I was like, damn, he was like one of the first people to ever like say that to me and like really pinpoint it. Cause it's true. Like I've had people be like, yeah, what? You're so confident. And that's, that is how I present. But I think that like, I, I am in a lot of ways, but I'm also not in a lot of ways. So yeah, I guess that that's kind of where I'm at, where it's like, I second guess in, in my mind, maybe I don't show it, but like, I am second guessing myself and I'm not necessarily like, yeah, fully as confident as I could be. Yeah. Body image wise, are you confident? Uh, only like recently. Yes, queen. Cause I saw that Instagram shot Thank and you. you were fire. Thank you. I was like, holy <laughs> body. Thank holy you. body. Thank you. I think I also like have gotten to a place in it where it was like, no girl puts on a bikini and is like, I look good. And that like breaks my heart. And I'm like, mm -hmm. F that wear the bikini freaking do it. I still go back and forth, but the, like, then you have like good ass friends. Like Pooja's like, you look so good. And I'm like, thank you. So yeah, I think obviously it goes up and down. There's days where I'm like not feeling good, but I really try hard to be like, we're good. 
we're okay. We're not prepubescent tween bodies anymore. Like we are women. And like you said, I'm like, I'm going to eat food. So, you know, so yeah. Well, I'll tell you that Instagram reminded me of like 90 supermodel moment of Stephanie Seymour. You probably are not familiar with Stephanie Seymour or Cindy. So it was like Cindy and Stephanie Seymour were the ones who had more bodies I mean, they were still super thin, right? But they were more like strong body muscle. And I was like, shit, Queen's got it going on. Thanks, Queenie. Yeah. So it was good. And, and I love that you're finding that confidence. So what I always tell people, you can either spend your life looking in the mirror and looking at every little teeny thing and think of what that does to your psyche, your body chemistry, all of it, and how much wasted time, or you can just go out and live because none of us are looking in the mirror and thinking we look perfect. Just like you Mm -hmm. said, none of us are thinking, Oh, (laughs) this, I got this on like, you know, on lock. Yeah. On lock. Everyone has something. So just go out and live your life. Mm -hmm. My, I have a friend who is literally wasted. I would say 50% of her life or more stressing about her body. And she's a size zero. She looks amazing. She looks half her age always, no matter what she does. And she just bakes in the sun all day. And and I always looked at her and I said, I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. And not that she's, she's amazing in all these other ways, but that part of it looked like such a waste of time for me. So even if I've got a little cellulite, even if I'm a little extra, whatever it is, I, and you've mm-hmm. watched me, I, mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever it is, what it is. Yep. And I don't want to waste that precious time. Yeah. So um, when you think about body image stuff, like I, I hope maybe that will like resonate with somebody listening today. Pooja, how is your confidence? Well, just one thing on the body image thing. I was talking to my friend about this the other day and we were, we're saying how we will always look back on photos and we've like never been like 100% confident and be like, wow, we looked so good then. But at that time we we're like, oh my God, we look terrible. And I'm like, we'll, we'll never be happy, you know? So why, or we'll never be 100% like, oh, we look amazing. So like you were saying, just like embrace it. Like you look, you do look amazing, first of all, but also like, it's just proven. Like you look back and you're like, I look great mm-hmm. then. But at that time I was like, no, I don't. So it's like just this never ending cycle in your head. And it's like, I finally was just like, I'm over it. Like I'm so over it. And even earlier this summer, I was like, I had trips and I had events and I was so careful with what I ate and I was trying to be healthy and I was doing all my walks, which I'm not saying I'm being super unhealthy. I'm not doing my exercise, but I'm not as stressed about it. I'm not like, you can only have this many calories today and you burn this much. Like that's just such an unhealthy mindset. And mm-hmm. it was, it's just so not worth it. I'm like, no, if I want to eat like that dessert more than once a week, like I will, I can have it every day if I want. And it's completely fine. And it's fine if I gained a little weight, who cares? Like we all look great. We should all be striving just to be happy with what we have, which I know is so hard. Um, but yeah, with confidence, I think it's just a daily thing, which is why I'm excited for today, for those days that maybe you're feeling a little less confident, if she has some tools or tricks to to get you back in that, you know, more positive mindset. Yeah. I love that you said that because I've had so many of those moments when I look back to you and I'm like, oh, wow, I should have appreciated this time more. Mm-hmm. That's why like I, I, I posted my little thirst trap photo recently. I was like, you know what? I got to use it while I got Hell it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why Hell am I yeah. so prudy and nervous to like for post real. something? Um and so, yeah, enjoy it and, 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 and try to remember that 
it's it's kind of fleeting because we're just going to keep shifting and changing yeah, <laughs> until right. we grannies. <laughs> so love what you got. I love what you got while you got it. For real. Um, the other thing I want to talk to um, Achang about is building off confidence and, and those moments. So sometimes it takes you having that kind of leap of faith and that courageous moment to do something that you're scared of or intimidated of and then have it go well so that you can get that affirmation and that affirmation is like your ammunition you store in your tool belt and you're like, oh, okay, I, I got this. Now, we don't always want it to come from external forces. It would be great if we could just be like, I was amazing. I knocked it out of the park today. But if no one told you you knocked it out of the park, eh, it might be hard. Usually we need to hear, oh my God, you just killed that speech. And then you can build off of that and you can say, oh, First of all, I know what I did, the formula, like for me, when I, I gave that speech at Ed Milet's event, now I know I meditated before I, I knew I was drawing. My confidence was going to come from my intention, which I really hold on to all the time now. What a great line. He said, my confidence comes from my intention and then building off of that. So now anytime I'm doing something, I'm nervous or insecure. I'm not going to be good at. I remember that moment. I go back to the formula and it's helped me every single time. So sometimes you need to step out of your comfort zone to build that confidence. It's not going to just show up. And I'd be curious to see how Achiang has has kind of done it. So without further ado, Achiang Agutu is known as the confidence queen, none other than by Vogue, Vogue magazine. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Um, called her the confidence queen. She's an internet personality who's quickly grown her creative force, infectious energy, and charisma. If you watch her YouTube videos, you will see she is quite infectious. Um, her content empowers women to be the best versions of themselves and has filled a massive gap in the self-love, self-confidence, and body positivity industry as a leading black plus-sized fashion and lifestyle creator. Um, Better Together and the Heel Squad welcomes Achanga Gutu. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Waze new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Waze seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Where are you coming to us from? I'm in New York, Brooklyn, New York. Oh, very nice. We are in Los Angeles, so coast to coast. Yes. We're going to we're going to give a big confidence sandwich to everyone in the middle of us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Feel the love, feel the energy, feel the power. Love it. So, you came to this country when you were 16 from Kenya. I love Kenya. Um I had such a great trip there. Um, years ago. It's so beautiful. Um, and you've had quite the journey. I mean, Ellen had you on her show. Vogue called you the confidence queen. Tell me how this kind of all came about for you, because I imagine, you know, you, you come here, you don't know what's going to happen, right? I don't know what, what your initial path was supposed to be, but somehow you got here. So share with us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, honestly, I really didn't know I would be doing this in my life. Um, I moved here when I was 16. I moved to Richmond, Indiana, which is a whole other ball game. I don't know if people here have been to Indiana. And um, I was just like, I moved here for school. I was looking for something better than what I was getting in Kenya. I felt like my parents knew, like they wanted to give me some sort of voice because the space that I was in was just not conducive for me and the person they knew I was and and had to become. And so I just came here to sort of like expand myself, you know, and um, I lived in Richmond, Indiana for a few years. I lived in the Midwest for about five years before I moved out to Boston and New York. And, you know, in my head, I was I was going to go to college graduate with with honors, get the good job, get the family, get the husband and all that stuff. And so that was sort of my my journey. And that's what I wanted Um, until like I got to this point where I felt like I was living for my parents, you know, regardless Mm. of how good they wanted um, my life to be and all the fun things they wanted for me to experience, I was still living for them, right? Like get the job, get the husband, the the beautiful house, the many children. And that's not what I wanted. Like so many you know? people do that though. How did you come to that um, acknowledgement point where you realized this is what you were doing and making the decision, which is by the way, very scary to go a different mm-hmm. direction. 
I was just not happy. I wasn't happy. And, and I knew I was living in somebody else's shoes and not mine. I, I never felt comfortable. I never felt confident. I never felt like I could just be myself. And so I, I was pretty much just living for other people. And it's, uh, it, it took a lot of healing and a lot of work for me to be like, hold up. Like, what do you want? A chingagutu, okay? What do you feel like you love? What do you love to eat? What do you like to wear? What do you want your hair to look like? What kind of people do you want to surround yourself around? And I think when I started having those thoughts, I felt like it was like a future version of myself that was waiting for me to like do what I needed to do in that moment to get to where I needed to be. Wow. So you, you kind of from the ground up created a new version of you in a sense. Yeah. Yes. You know, the the version of myself where I didn't really care what other people were thinking of or the version of myself where I was vibrant and vivacious and and carefree and living in my own element. Was it easier to do with distance from your family? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's honest. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, really, because I think, um, you know, I come from a very conservative um family. And, um, I felt like I had to be a very specific person for my parents to feel like loved and accepted. And, um, even just with my extended family. And so because they want to keep you in a box. Yeah. That's the hard thing is if you never leave your family, it's really hard to become your true expression of yourself because no matter how much they love you, no matter how good their intentions are, they see you in a certain way. And now you see yourself in that certain way. Yeah. And, um, I just think, um, I was able to really grow into myself. Like there was this family I was living with here when I was, when I moved to, um, Indiana and, um, I call her my host mom. Her name is Eden. Fabulous woman. She would always tell me like, you know, have you tried this? Have you tried this sport? Have you tried, you know, doing this class? Have you tried even letting your hair down? Literally, literally. I would always have my hair up in a bun and I would always be so afraid to like, just like let it down like the way I have it right now, because I was afraid that it looked too much. Like it was, it would be too much for people. It was too much for me. It was too suggestive. That's what I thought. And so when like, you know, she asked me like, let me just see you with your hair down actually, you know? And I was so terrified and I put it down and she was like, I asked her like, is this too much? And she was like, no, absolutely not. You look so fabulous. Like really that, I feel like when I started having moments like that, actually like literally let your hair down, you know, both, you know, figuratively and and literally like that is like kind of when I started stepping into my own, having my own voice. Um, I just felt for a really long time, I had to cut myself down into small pieces to be digestible for, you know, the world. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So, and, and I understand this very intensely when you have a big personality (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you are big, it's very hard for people to be around you that, um, and, and so you dim as many other areas as you can, because certain things you can't dim, you cannot dim your, your personality. That's hard. So Mm -hmm. I've always had to dim the exterior as well to, to survive yeah. Um, so I get that. And, you know, yeah. And I think like even just like thinking about how I was sort of stifled, like just like people saying like, 
yeah, I think that the society I lived in really put men as the stand, like the men were everything you know? And so saying things like in my head, I was like, yeah, of course I want to get married. I want, I want a man to find me attractive and to love me and all these things. So I felt like there was like certain things that people said to me, like, even if it was in school, even if it was family, like a man won't love you if you, if you are that weight, a man won't love you if you feel loud, a man will love you if you can't cook, a man will love you this, this, and this. So I felt like for a really long time, I really lived for the male gaze and that has taken me so much healing and I think that was also a part of my journey, my healing journey, where I had to like really cut off those things. I had to like, people maybe feel like I had to put myself down and be this really minute thing for men to see me, for my family to see me, for a job to see me, for, you know, for society to see me as somebody who is worthy of being in any space. And isn't it crazy that when you live your full expression of yourself, that's when you attract everybody. Everybody Literally. wants to be around that light. It's, it's funny. Yes. We had this amazing woman on the show, Judy Wilkins Smith. And she's like, you are meant to be big. And she wasn't just talking to me. She was talking to all of us, but most of us are afraid. And I know for me, I've, I was saying, I, I think I was super confident. And then I just took enough hits and enough hits that I just retracted into my turtle shell. And I just was like, okay, I can't take any more. And I'm now popping back out. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a wild journey. Um, this whole confidence thing and finding yourself and, and being okay, being bold. Yeah. It took me a while to get there for sure. And I felt like I was on my journey to like being the woman, the it girl. And then about five years ago, I was in a relationship, one of my very first like serious relationships. And um, this person came, I just like sort of pulled the rug under me, uh, out of un under me. And I was like, just lost. They, they had broken up with me. It was a crazy experience. And, um, you know, this is something like I talk about with my friends. It's like, I feel like it was that moment that like made me feel like, wow, I really need to get back to myself because I had lost myself in this person and lost myself in this relationship. And I feel like this is something that, you know, I feel like you've talked about a few times, but also like me and my friend group talk about that. I feel like women feel like they need this like crazy thing to happen in their lives for them to start like living. And that's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. You know? We talk about it here. Usually to to live your life on your terms and to do what you need to do, it's a devastating health diagnosis. Um, or, you know, like you said, a devastating kind of breakup. Um, it has to be something monumental where you now feel like you have the permission from the world to say, middle fingers up, it's about me now. And so for you, it was that. Um, so what did you do? And I'd love kind of even just really kind of tactical details. Like what did you do after that, that helped form that new version of you? Cause you've now had a few metamorphosis <laughs> kind of moments, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really lost in that, in that point of my life. Um, and really think like there was no version of me beyond this. Like it was me and this man. Um, and I started going to therapy really actively. 
And that was really hard, like even to decide to make that decision. Um, what got me to that point is that I was not taking care of myself. You know, I thought like my life was over. This was my only person. Like I couldn't live without this person. And it got to a point where like literally my roommate came and found me on the floor mm. shaking. I had not been eating. I had not been drinking water, literally neglecting myself or somebody who really didn't care about me, you know? And, um, you know, to the point where like, it got to a point where I was like about to lose myself and my life where I was like, listen, but there has to be something better for you. Like, you know, this cannot be your end and all. And so, um, that was the point where I was like, I cannot lose myself and my life for, for anyone, for anything, whether it's this man, whether it's my family, whether it's other people's opinions of me, I don't care. And so I remember my very first, um, therapy session, like my therapist, you know, was like, kind of like, seeing me I think that was the first time I was seeing someone really see me and my pain and my struggle in that moment and like I wanted to feel seen for a really long time and so that was the very first thing I did therapy really saved my life actually and um really started my healing journey of like not just that breakup but everything you know my experience you know being in a different culture in the States, my healing with my family, my healing with myself and my inner child. And so I would say that was my very first step. And then like rediscovering myself, I think, you know, as women, rediscovering yourself is so exciting. You know, you might have, you might already know yourself right now, but like there's so much to you. There's so much power to, to you. And, you know, finding like things that I love, that I want to do, that excite me, that bring me joy, that make my soul smile. Um, and that was like, you know, trying new classes or, or, you know, doing movement with my body or, you know, going out and meeting new friends and new people traveling. And um, yeah, it's kind of like my my little journey to get me to like really discover myself and me. And so that was like five years ago, you said? Yeah, I was in 2017. Yeah. And so you started therapy. I think you said you went twice a week at some point, right? Yes. Yes. Were you doing different kinds of therapy or was it just talk therapy? It was talk therapy. Um, I did a lot of dancing during that time in my life, which I still do right now. Um, Something that um, my therapist used to tell me is that we really store so much trauma in our body, you know, Um, whether that's your shoulders, when you're slouching down, when you're at work, whether you're like in the streets and you're tensed up or, or, you know, you're seated and your hips or something. So sometimes just having your body in motion really like releases that energy. So I was doing a lot of dancing at that time of my life. So I would call that therapy as well. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. And then what else do you think helped you get to the place where, I mean, when I watch these YouTube videos, you are just exploding off camera with just so much joy, so much kind of positivity, excitement, passion. What got you there? Obviously, you started healing yourself. Um, did Ellen happen thereafter and Vogue, all of that came after? Yeah, that all came after, you know, 
And that was very validating for me and, and, you know, the work that I've been doing. And um, yeah, so I think sort of what continued to grow, you know, help me grow in this space is the pandemic, right? So we were all in the pandemic. Everybody was in a, was alone, whipping up whipped coffee and making banana bread like every single day. And um, we were sort of like just isolated. And I, I was feeling really alone at that time of my life and was still going through my journey and felt like, yo, I need some kind of connection mm-hmm. with people you know just beyond this space right now and I just started posting about my experience my you know how my therapy session went or my dancing sessions and um posted that just like with on my on my platform and at that point I was you know just like doing what I do and just like posting about my affinity for life and fashion and all that fun stuff and um it kind of just took off there. There was a lot of women, especially who were reaching out to me saying like, thank you so much for saying that. I've been going through this and not been able to pinpoint exactly what this is, but this video video made me, you know, feel like this, or thank you so much for dancing. I really needed that today. I'm having a hard day. Or thank you for saying that thing that you, you know, learned about in therapy. I I, I needed to hear that. And, you know, in, in this journey, I was also like trying to figure out what's my purpose, you know, because my parents were like, OK, you're in school right now. You have to do this and this and this. And, you know, my other sibling is like a full blown chemical engineer. You know, my parents, he's doing exactly what my parents wanted him to do. And I just didn't want to fall into that. I didn't feel happy. I didn't want to do what they wanted me to do. And so I was trying to find my purpose. Like, what else can I do, you know, that will bring me joy and make me happy and, you know, also, you know, bring me some money, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was trying, I was, I started out with just like posting about my experience like that during the pandemic. And that was really exciting to just like hear somebody said, like, I wore my crop top today out and I felt so good. Or I wore this outfit and I felt so great and so sexy. And so, um, when I started hearing that, I was like, oh my God, this is exciting. I really want to continue sharing my journey and this feels really good to me. So I'm just going to go full send. And so I just was like, I'm just going to share my experience and my journey on this platform and see where it goes. Wow. So that goes back to the point before we started our chat, the girls and I were chatting and I said, sometimes even though we don't want to have to live by external forces giving us inside validation, sometimes that helps you build all of it, right? It's those little wins that help you build that confidence in whatever area. So I was curious if you had those little wins, like when Ellen calls, I mean, that just, that's extremely validating. When Vogue says, you're the confidence queen. That's extremely validating. And so what I was saying earlier is sometimes you have to put yourself in these positions, whether you're nervous and secure underconfident and go out there and try something. And then once you get some of that affirmation, you can be building those muscles. Then you have something to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I, I think I suffered with a lot of imposter syndrome for a really long time. So even though I was getting that validation, I was, I was still, you know, dealing with my own like insecurities of like, are you sure? Like me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and it was, it was really hard for, for, for some time. And I think sometimes even right now, when I still get that validation, I'm like, you know, I'm just doing this because I love it. 
you know, I'm just doing it because it brings me joy. I'm, I'm doing it because I'm also healing myself, you know, and, and trying to grow, you know, as a black African woman in this space that is still very new to me. And, um, I think it's been really helpful though, to have that kind of validation within my space and within my work, um, because it makes me feel seen. And I also, not even on top of that, I just want other, you know, women who look like me and talk like me and have the same life experiences as me to see like, okay, she's in this space, you know, I can be there too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think my role right now and what I want to do is really just open up doors and open up spaces for other people who, who, ha who look like me to feel like, yeah, you can be here too. I set up this table, come and sit, take a seat and let's have this, let's have this space together. Let's take over. I love it. So, yeah. so what tips do you have for the woman who's listening right now, who is underconfident, who, um, who hasn't gotten there yet, who maybe had a bad breakup or lost their job or is just feeling lost? Yeah. Um, those experiences are really tough. Um, and I always see those spaces. I mean, you know, people can see it as different things, but I've always seen it as re a redirection. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Um, a rejection as a redirection or something not happening in your life as a redirection just going back to like the, the thing I talked about with my relationship, I really thought I was going to marry this man. Um, I was in college. I was in a very conservative school. Thought like right out of college, this is going to be my husband. Love. <laughs> you know, we're going to do all the fun things and have the beautiful family and was going to have a really mediocre life. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> was going to have a really mediocre life. But, you know, that happening in my life really changed the the you know, the trajectory of, of, of my career, my life, me as a woman. And so seeing those spaces as be, you know, as those things that have happened to you, into your life as redirections into being the best, the most iconic, momentous, fabulous, majestic version of yourself. Okay. And so the way I always see it is like, there's a version of you months from now, even a day from now, waiting for you to do what you need to do right now and waiting for you to go through what you need to go through right now to be your highest version. And like, that's hard to, you know, that might be easier said than done, but it's really true. I really so deeply believe in that. And that, um, 
you just, you're it. You're the moment. You're like really are in your prime and that go through the motions, go through the, the, the emotions that you're going through, go through the process. You need to go through that for your own growth. You need to go through that to be the woman you want to be. I love that. I think, um, have you had other moments that have knocked you down hard where you were able to be conscious of that? Because I am definitely a lot older than you. And I think at this point when shit hits the fan, I am aware that it is a redirection. I am aware um, at some point, it takes a minute. Tyson just knocked me out. I'm on the ground. It takes me a minute and I shake it off and I say, okay, there's a reason this is happening. I don't know why I have to go through so much, but okay, fine. You know, there's gotta be a reason. There's gotta be a reason I have to get through this again or go through something else that's challenging. And and you come out stronger every time there's like you said there's that the new version of you that's waiting on the other side i mean if we got into like quantum you know and all of that you know that you know the timeline has already happened it's just we're just waiting to catch up to it um mm-hmm. so that new version of you sits over here you have to go through the work and through the pain to get to here but once you get there it's going to be so bomb. I think what happens with a lot of us is we stay in the pain. We stay in the why me? We stay in the um, how could this happen to me again? Or how could this be going on? Why, God, is this happening? And we, we get surprised by life's hits and life's twists and turns rather than expecting them and realizing, okay, we can handle it and we're going to get through it. Um, and maybe there is a pot of gold on the other side of the rainbow. I don't know. I mean, right now we got the clouds, but over here, there's going to be a light. Um, do you, do you feel like now you really see that pattern? Yeah, but you have to put in the work as well. Right. So, you know, something comes and hits you hard. You, it's easy to stay in it. You know, it's so easy to stay in it and stay in the dumps, but you have to put in the work. Right. There has to be a point in your in your journey or whatever is going on where you're like, okay, fine. I've been in here long enough. Like, what am I doing next? Right. Whether it's a breakup. Right. There's so much time you can stalk your ex and 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 worry about like why they dumped you or all these things and, and, and be in in that dump. But then you have to put in the work. You have to realize like, yeah, my life has to keep on moving because. I, I just always want people to feel like they are the prize every single day. And that might be hard to feel like that even when you're going through like a hard time, but you are the prize. You have to realize your worth. At some point, you have to get to a point where like, yeah, I'm worthy of feeling loved regardless of what has happened in this past relationship. I am worthy of, 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 of um, great things. I'm worthy, I'm worthy of success. I'm worthy of everything going my way because everything is supposed to go my way. Right. And so it's okay to be in that, in that space. You have to process things. Yes. Be in there, stay in there, do what you need to do, but you have to to get an up and out. Something that my therapist has always told me is like, you know, when you're feeling sad and like things are going, you know, on in your life that are not the greatest, you still have to live your life when those things are happening. I'm sad, but I'm going grocery shopping. 
I'm sad, but I'm hanging out with my friends. I'm sad, but I'm doing this thing that is exciting to me. You know, I, I'm, I'm upset, but this is also what I'm doing. So even in those motions, like those things have to happen in tandem. And I think it's, it might be hard, but then it gets to a point where you have to be like, when am I going to choose me? When mm-hmm. am I going to pick me? When is it going to be my season right now? Okay. So that has to be like, you just have to get up, figure out what works for you. Going on a walk, jogging, um, talking to your friends, eating good food, sleeping, taking a shower, going to therapy, playing a, a sport. What is that thing that gets you up and out of that space? So you can have, even if it's two hours of clarity, where you can do you, where you can be you, where you can find some kind of peace. Yeah, I love that. Kelsey, Pooja, I'm going to the booth. Oh, I'm obsessed. I feel like... I mean, I said it yesterday, too. I feel like I always need these episodes in the moment, right? And I feel like living... having to go through your life when you are sad or when you do get hit and like making that mindset change, like you're saying, like making that mindset change to be like, yeah, no, this is, this is my season. And you know what? I am worthy and I am enough and I am X, Y, and Z. So I'm like, I think those I am statements, like you didn't fully say that, but like, for me, that's what I heard. I'm like, those sort of things can be so helpful. Um, Well, if you don't think you're worthy, why would you expect anyone else to think you're worthy? Right. Mm-hmm. Retreat, mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> exactly. No, though, literally. For real. The thing is that you know the the world sees you the way you see yourself. Oh, remember right. that. That's a tweet. Remember that, everybody. <laughs> the world <laughs> sees you the way you the see way you. See yourself. Yeah. And I I think it's important. Like literally, I there was a point in my life where I just did not think of myself as anything. I really hated the the way I felt, the way I looked, where I was in my life. I was really depressed. And I would say the nastiest things about myself, expecting for, you know, somebody else to come and say like, oh, but no, but you're this. But the thing that I think the hardest part I had to realize and people have to realize that love won't just come. The motivation for you to get up and do your, your, you know, your things won't just come. The appreciation, the, the worth won't just come. You have to start. It has to start with you. It has to start with you because you, you can't just be out here doing like whatever, hoping and waiting for somebody else to show you your worth, mm-hmm. you know, waiting for you, for somebody to tell you you're amazing. You're a bad bitch. You're this, this, this. That won't just come easily. It has to start with you. And, and that's what I say. It has, you have to do the work. You have to do the work. And, and if you wait, it won't come. And I, that's just something I've had to learn. And it's hard, but you have to do the, the hard work to be the best and the baddest. This is you know? true. You have to put in the work to be the creme de la crap. This is true. This is yeah. true. How do you feel um, and did you have to make changes in your friends group as you were making adjustments to your (laughs) self? Absolutely. Let's talk Um, about that. You know, that's been really hard. I feel like friendship breakups are so hard. I feel like they're even worse than like relationship breakups, breakups, at least for me. Um, I had to let go of some people who really didn't see my value 
Um, I had to let go of people who put me down. When I started doing what I was doing uh, with, with social media and really taking it seriously, I had a few friends who were like, this is so stupid. Why are you doing this? You know, or oh, that's so cringe. That's so weird. You think people are going to want to follow you? Like, I remember there was a time I was really focused on my on on my um, platform because I really just enjoyed it. It brought me so much joy. And um, a friend came up and told me, like, how are you calling other people best friends when you have best friends out here? How are you calling other people random people on the internet besties when I'm going through something. I'm like, Oh, I didn't even know you were going through something. You know, I didn't even know you were experiencing this. Like talk to me, like, tell me. So like really putting me down, like telling me like you should focus on something else. This is stupid. This is dumb. Be better. You have a degree, do something with it. No support. And the thing is that I really wanted my circle to be rooting for me so bad. I really wanted them to be like, yes, go ahead. I see you. We love this for you. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Not a single peep was heard. And so that, yeah, that's kind of when I learned that the motivation will come. The support will come. You have to do the work. You have to put in the work. Yeah. And so I've had to cut off people who really didn't have my best interest in mind. The energy was not reciprocated. So why am I reciprocating an energy that is no longer there? Why am I working for something that no longer serves me? So yes, I walked away. And um, with the utmost, utmost respect, I said, I need to pick me. I need to choose me. Love you, but I can't be here. And then were you able to easily find people that did see you and did reciprocate? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I say easily, but I would say, yes, I have found, you know, a great support group, you know, a, a great, just a group of friends who are like, we see you, I see you, me giving the same energy back to them. Um, I think it's been, it's interesting, like just also in this industry to find people who have their best, you know, your best interests in mind. And I've had to learn that because when I went in, I was going full sin. I was like, I love you all. I want to be your friends. Y'all are amazing. Let's, you know, let's hang out. Let's kiki. Let's support each other. But not everybody has that best interest in mind. Everybody has their own agenda. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've had to learn to be like very, very um, specific about, you know, the kind of energy I put out there and who I invest my time into. So it's, it's been interesting and you know, a, a while to like kind of weed through and see like, you know, these are people who really have, um, you know, my best in, interest in mind and vice versa. This is somebody I connect with. This is somebody who's not just here for, you know, the clout. Yeah. Yeah. It's really challenging. Friendships are really challenging. I had, um, a psychic and an astrologer tell me that this is my period where I'm going to be re-examining a lot of friendships. And I was like, oh my God, you're hitting me right at the moment where it's starting and I could feel it and it's mm-hmm. continuing. And I'll, I'll bring up scenarios to my husband and I'm like, that didn't really feel good. And he's like, yeah, that wasn't nice. And I'm like, mm. okay, so it's not just me. Cause sometimes you're going to second guess yourself. Cause you want to think the best of everybody and you don't want to have confrontational issues and problems and whatever. And then you always feel like it's you if there's a problem in the relationship. And so, and I'm, I really like to take responsibility for things that are not mine, unfortunately. So, um, I'll say, yeah, that didn't feel good. And he's like, yeah, no, that wasn't good. That wasn't nice. And he said, it's really sad that you're not getting that mutual respect 
that you're giving. He's like, cause I see what you give and you're not getting it back, but it's because you haven't valued yourself on the level that you want to be valued now thus mm. far. So mm. now as I'm growing into my own power and growing into kind of who I am in this chapter of my life, there's imbalances Mm-hmm. And I've allowed them. And by the way, this isn't one, two, this is multiple people. I've allowed the imbalances to be there. And so, um, so it's really challenging. And it was funny. One psychic said, you're going to have to really get comfortable with being alone. And the funny thing is, is I have been getting comfortable with being alone and it feels really good right now. Um, but it is, it is a really tough journey and it is really sad. I've had friends when I've suggested, Oh, I really want to do this. That's stupid. Why would you do that? Or, or friends who have never seen anything that I've done. And they're like, well, we just see you as friends. And I'm like, that's great. But if I was a doctor, would you say that to me? Would you say, Oh, I just see you as a person. You don't see me as a doctor. (laughs) He's a very doctor. I don't get and, the respect and- for being the doctor and having gone to medical <laughs> school and done all this stuff. Like, you know, there's, there's a frame around kind of the, the uniqueness of what we do in this industry that can be challenging for people too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want you to treat me. I've never asked for any kind of special treatment, but definitely a little bit of respect. Absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. it's really, really challenging. And I think also it goes with self-respect. Um, you have to respect yourself mm-hmm. enough to know when you need to walk away, when you need to invest in yourself into something, when you need to put yourself first so you know your community first. You need to respect yourself. And um, that goes with like, you can't be exerting yourself to, you know, spreading exerting yourself or spreading yourself thin in a, in a friendship, you know, that is not giving you what you deserve, mm-hmm. what you need. You know, it's, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yep. You give some, I give some, you go 100%, I go 100%. That's how it is. Yeah. And so that's been really tough, you know, because these are people who I have really respected and I have really thought were really my people. But, um, it's about finding people who who ride for you and people who you can ride for. And um, the thing with that being alone, I've had to like sit with that for a really long time. I was really afraid of being by myself because I thought I would be with my own thoughts. I would not feel love. But then that's a whole thing. That's why I started this bestie thing because I had to be my best friend for a really long time, Yeah, you know? I had to be my own support group, my own cheerleading team, my own hype system for a really long time. And so that goes with like going into the mirror and telling yourself, you are that girl. You're amazing. You can do this. This situation is yours. This brand deal is yours. This whatever you want is yours. Like I had to be my best friend. And that's kind of what started my whole bestie situation because I had to be my best friend because before I could be somebody else's bestie. I love that. I really love that. You know, my husband will look at me and he'll say, you don't need anyone, not me, none of them. And I was like, wow. Like, but when he's saying not Mm -hmm. me, he means it. He's Mm -hmm. like, Maria, I'm telling you, you don't need me. You don't need anybody. And it's funny because we always think we need everybody and we need this and we need that. And really we, we are all we need. 
We really don't need anybody. You said that. Yeah. So we have to start realizing how much we're investing in others to invest in us when we could be investing that in us and in not a selfish way in a, in a loving ourselves way. And, and I think, yeah, I think, um, something I've had to talk about a little bit more on my page is this difference between confidence and conceitedness and selfishness. I think there's a lot of people who are like, you're so conceited, you're full of yourself, all these things, but also why not? Why can't I be obsessed with myself? <laughs> the laughs from the booth. I love it. The cheers. Yes, it's true. Why? <laughs> you know, Who cares? Why Why not? Why does it hurt you so much that I love myself so much that I'm rooting for myself, that I am the love of my life? Why does that hurt you? You know? And so I had to get to a point where it was like, this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with yourself. Okay. Hashtag self-projection. Thank you for projecting your insecurities on me, but I'm going to just wipe that off of me and put it right back because (laughs) I'm going to root for myself every single day because I've got to choose me, you know, at the end of the day, regardless of how much I love people, regardless of how much people love me and respect me, I've got to do things for myself because I, my uh, parents have always said, you have one life, one, one life in on this earth. You know, you have one life on this tantalizing, sexy earth. You better live it for yourself 24-7, 365. God bless them. So what do they say now, Aching? I'm curious. You know, my parents have gone through a lot of um, (laughs) growth with me, you know? So I I think I was just calling my parents. I was in LA, actually. I just got back yesterday. Oh, if you were here, we could have done this in person. I know. (laughs) And um, my... You know, my parent, my mom. Okay, so let's talk about my mom. My mom is going through her own self, um, like, exploration journey, right? She was married when she was 25. Instantly had to be a great mom, a great wife, a great mother-in-law. I mean, I mean a great, great sister-in-law, a great, you know, daughter, all these things all at once, right? So she never had time to live for herself. Or to she think of living. what she wanted or what she liked. I know my mom, the same thing. Yeah, but then you know what happens, and I hate to interrupt you, but you know what happens? Mm -hmm. They see us doing our thing, and they're like, "That's the thing. What's going on over here? This kind of feels good." (laughs) Literally, my mom. Like I talk to my mom sometimes, and she's like, "I cannot even believe you're my daughter." (laughs) She's like, "That's insane." She's like, "I cannot believe I even birthed you because she's." She says, "You're just living such a different life for me." Mm -hmm. Like, and she's you know right now trying to explore herself and like the things she loves and the things she wants to do because she has always lived her life for her family and for the people around her but not for her at all and so right now what does she love what's her style what does she like to do my mom is a chef she's chef's kiss my mom too that was so funny oh my god love that and so she's like trying to explore herself and so it's my dad my dad just retired last year he's loved bird watching for all his life he just took up bird watching like seriously really loving that and so I think my parents now really see how much joy brings me and that's exciting for them but also on top of that they're also using what I do and what I say and my content as a way to explore their lives and and their own experiences as you know as as adults well they didn't know any other way they didn't know any other way like are your parents stateside now no, they're in Kenya. They're still in Kenya. Okay. Yeah. So my parents immigrated here from Greece. So it's it's kind of a similar thing, right? They 
when when you are of that generation and and from these these places, you are mm-hmm. your life stream is to become a mom and to be that family maker and to be completely selfless. And so my mom, little by little, when she would come out to LA and her and my dad would stay with us, the hair would grow out, the outfits would change, the makeup would go on. And then she started loving it. She got to a place where she was like, forget everybody. I want to be out here. I don't want, I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. At first they would leave here, go back to the East coast and outcome the old clothes the hair would go back the same way because they were too shy to be anything other than what everyone expected them to be. Everyone yeah. has their roles in communities. That's why community can be tough. It's good, but it can also be tough too. Yeah. So same thing with your parents now. It, I'll be curious to see the ripple effect as they break out of their shells there. Yeah, How it's it been affect. interesting, you know, they've come to visit me a few times in the States and, you know, yeah, like even my dad, like, was so afraid to like really wear specific colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. It's the whole thing of like, I think Kenyan society is also like really rooted in what other people think of you, you know, and what other people say about Greeks you. too. So, right. <laughs> you know, and so it has to be like. Most cultures just... outside of the U.S. Yeah. That's yeah. why my big fat Greek wedding touched every culture because we're all the same. <laughs> it's very <laughs> similar. And so, yeah, it, it like my dad, I had bought them like, you know, new wardrobes when they came here. And so my mom was like, I don't know, I don't wear red. You know, I don't wear red. Red is not for me. I was like, put that dress on, girl. <laughs> put it on. And she was like, oh, it looks so nice on my skin. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Or my dad is like, my dad only wears like monotone colors. Like it's like a khaki jean and a white shirt. And like, you know, a sneaker, like a sneaker or, or like my dad would only wear suits for a long, long time in his life. He'd only wear suits. We would be going to, you know, equivalent of like Trader Joe's broken suit. I'm like, dad, we're like literally going to the supermarket. And so like, he felt like he had to have a specific image in the society, right? Yeah. This like very polished, put together man. And now he's retired. He's no longer working. He doesn't have to wear suits. Right. And so, you know, I got him like a little casual look. He was like, I want to look like... Obama. I said, I'll make you look like Obama. Aww. And so uh, Barack had this, I'm going to send you all this picture. He had a khaki pants, these um, Adidas shoes and a white polo shirt. My dad would never wear that. And I put him in that and he said, I've never seen such a handsome man in the world. <laughs> yeah, it's you. That's so cute. Yeah, it's you. And so like, you know, they're also going through their, exp- you know, process of, of exploring themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I, I've, wanted to talk to them about like how is that as an adult because I'm doing this you know as in my you know formative years they're doing that after they've had you know years of experience with Mm -hmm. themselves and their lives now my dad is 62 my mom is 58 trying to explore themselves and what they love it's never too late you know we put handcuffs on ourselves yeah when we allow everyone to have a uh, a say in who we are, how we dress. And then we're just handcuffed and we're not free. So we have to break yeah. free to do it. And it's really hard. And it's really scary. And that's why I always love people leaving, leave for college, leave for, you know, a job, whatever it's going to take, because it's really hard to change or to find yourself in the environment that created you. 
A hundred percent. As in, I, I'm so glad I left Kenya. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you know, my journey would have been whatever it was, but I'm so glad I left that space. Like, you know, I always tell my friends there's more to life than that, you know, that one one strip mall, one one bar in, in your hometown. There's more to life. Okay. Yeah. There is literally the world is your oyster. There's so much magic to to experience. There's so much you to experience. And um I, I, I will always push people to like, take the leap, experience something new, you know, and, you know, a hundred, for me, I feel like 10 times out of none, it will work out. It will work out in your favor because you are choosing you and you're putting yourself first. And when you do that, yes, it's going to work out regardless of what happens throughout your journey. It's going to work out and you're going to find the best, the most amazing version of yourself. There's a sweet spot beyond your fear that is just happy it's so fabulous you're just like swimming in the goodness in your power in your essence and that is fabulous for me what a perfect way to go out I mean god what a cool confidence conversation I really really loved it I did too the the part about I I really liked at the end when she was like the whole like selfish and being self-obsessed versus confidence. And she's like, and, (laughs) and, oh my God. Cause that's something that I think comes up a lot right now, especially in this era of like self care and like Mm -hmm. all this. And you know what? Like, you're right. So what? So like, what? So what? I so, love myself. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that. as women, we're told like, you know, you're supposed to be selfless. Like you're supposed to put yes. other people first. That's when you're being like, quote unquote, like a good woman. Like that's our job. But it's like, no, like, no. Putting ourselves first is not a bad thing. It's what we're supposed to be doing. And then we can show up better for everyone else if we're fully who we are and we're feeling our best. Yeah. Preach queen. I think, uh, I think it's contagious. So if you can have the cajones to okay. step up and be your true self and to um and to to love yourself like that everybody around you is going to feel it like i said they're going to want to be around you she went from people not wanting to be around her let's say right to now everybody wanting to be around her because when you're it's like the energy field around someone who's always trying to when you're on unsteady ground and you're trying to be everything to everybody and then you're nothing to yourself. First of all, they know they can just keep ripping arms, legs, ears. They're just pulling everything they can out of you (laughs) because they're like, all right, she, she doesn't care about herself. Let's take what we can get. Keep going. Right. You're all of a sudden you're a chicken wing. And so once you're like, Oh no, 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 don't touch my peacock feathers. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. Um, it's kind of funny. I have no idea where those analogies came no, from. No, I loved it. But it's true. I mean, that line, the world sees you the way you see yourself. Yeah. I'm like, I'm writing that. I'm getting that tattooed on my arm. Mm-hmm. Like, dang. Yeah, that what a, that was really cool. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I love it. All right, friends. Well, if you loved it, let us know in the comments below. Um, and don't forget, you can go to mariamanunos.com for the Life Hacks blog. And what that is, is every episode... We pull the kind of amazing aha moments so that you can listen to this freely without uh, having to worry about taking notes. The queen's got you. It will be there also. Not going to lie. Our shop page is pretty bomb. Everything that I have researched and loved and use is on there, whether it's fashion or beauty. Uh, Take a look and, and have a little bit of fun in there. It's so fun now when I see like on the movie 
some of the girls were like, what do you do for your skin? I'm like, just go to my website. Everything I use is on there. I use them in different ways because you can't just use one set of products all the time. You have to shift and change. And so there are three different brands. I'm pretty sure we have Juice Beauty, True Botanicals, and Dermalogica going in for my facial this weekend. So excited. Exciting. Best facials ever. Anyway, um, so I use everything and I just kind of interchange so my skin doesn't ever just get used to one thing. And and you need different different stuff. What girl do you know that only has one thing? None. None. I have too many. Anyhow, um, we will put a Chang's Instagram um, and any way to find her in the summary of this episode as well for you guys. And in the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.